On today's episode, our All Asian panel reviews Kung Fu Hustle and discusses Asian gangs, which is a topic plucked from the themes of the movie. Oh, also, uh, we are back to uh, recording live again, so uh, we might be getting some live viewer feedback on this show. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome to You Better Represent podcast. Each week we explore representation in cinema by reviewing a minority-led film with members of that underrepresented community, and we also debate a cultural topic plucked from the movie's themes. For today's show, joining me is Toronto comedian and writer Leonard Chan. Hello. Um, okay, cool. So let's uh, jump straight into it, our movie review. I, I also want to say again, for people who are watching us live, this is our first live show in probably six months. We used to record live every week, and we had some pretty good interaction rates. So if you are watching us live, we will be able to see your comments, um, and hopefully we can get that engagement back uh, that we used to have before we um, randomly decided to switch platforms and go pre-recorded but now we are doing live again so uh i do see um there are a bunch of people who are tuning in now so um we are we are we are here for you so uh if you have watched this movie feel free to jump in let us know what you think as well so okay so leonard um this week's movie is a seminal hit kung fu hustle from 2004 um also known as Kung Fu, just Kung Fu, um, in, uh, in most Asian territories. And in most uh, South American territories is known as Kung Fusion, which is a cross oh, between... I like that. Yeah, it's a cross between Kung Fu and Confusion. <laughs> so they yeah. called it Kung Fusion. Um, but in... Uh, in North America, it's called Kung Fu Hustle for, for, some, for some reason. Um, it is about a wannabe gangster who aspires to join the notorious Axe Gang, while residents of a housing complex exhibit extraordinary powers in defending their turf. It is set in Shanghai, China in the 1940s. It is written, directed, and starring Stephen Chow, who, um, you know, he was able to make this movie after his huge hit, uh, Shaolin Soccer. And this is actually the follow-up that came about three years after. Um, additional writing came from Kan Chung Sang and Xian Huo. Um, as I mentioned, it is starring Stephen Chow as Sing, uh, Wa Yuan as the landlord, and half of the um, the uh, star-crossed lovers duo, and uh, Chu Yuan as landlady, the other half of the star-crossed um, couple. It's amazing. She had actually retired from acting um, for 19 years, and she was just at the audition with her friend, um, cause she had appeared in a, in a James Bond film, um, when she was younger and then she didn't act after that. And her, her friend was auditioning for the role, but she was sitting in a chair off to the side, smoking and making funny faces. 
Um, and they, uh, they cast her instead of her friend. So, uh, uh, I, I don't know how. And it, that was the end of their friendship. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I don't know how I would feel about that if I was. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty friend. pissed. I feel like you would be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I would be, um. You would be furious. <laughs> um, it also stars, uh, it stars, uh, Say Chung Lam as a bone who is, um, sidekick and Danny Chan as Axe Gang Leader. Um, it also features like a whole bunch of uh, famous um, Hong Kong actors from um, like 1970s Kung Fu movies, um, including um, including uh, Yuan Hua, which who was a uh, Bruce Lee stuntman and appeared in, I think they're saying like a hundred different scenes um, with. Or I guess in place of, in place of Bruce Lee, um, so um, yeah, th- this movie was really quite successful. Um, it got a theatrical release in North America and across the world. It won tons of awards, including at the Hong Kong Film Awards. It won Best Picture. It also won a Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film. It won a BAFTA also for Best Foreign Language Film. So it was really um, renowned worldwide. It made its debut at the Toronto International Film Festival, of all places, um, which is somewhat surprising um, because it could have debuted anywhere in the world. But, you know, TIFF is considered, you know, probably the second biggest film festival in the world next to Cannes and in some ways bigger, depending on uh, maybe not as prestigious, but um, it depends on how you... uh, how you measure size and uh, and and prestige, but I mean, yeah, does size really matter? <laughs> well, you know, what's surprising is this is like back in two thousand four. I don't think TIFF was what it was back then um, that mm. it is now. Or maybe yeah, like, no, it's definitely gotten bigger. But TIFF yeah. was not nothing. Yeah, in two thousand four. Yeah. It's so you know this movie. Um, yeah, it. It's uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw it over 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 to you, Leonard. There's so much to say about this movie, but um, does Kung Fu Hustle bring honor to us all, or does it bring shame to our Asian ancestors? Uh, I mean, I think it's good. It's not my favorite movie in the world. I think it's your favorite movie, right? It's like oh, I love it. There, or is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like it's it's a classic for a reason. Uh, Stephen Chow, um, he's he's kind of like Asian. Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. right? Like he's got that like, like very physical, uh, but also you know like you know when you see Jackie Chan do it because people say Jackie Chan doesn't like that, but Jackie Chan like wears like a lot of expressions on his face, yeah. but Stephen Chow does not. Like he just wipes his face completely clean of expression, yeah. and then everything is just like pratfalls and and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, and the, you know uh, it's just a fun movie. I think ultimately, I mean, I don't even remember precisely like what the. Uh, the major want of the character was, I think he wanted to be part of the gang, but there was like some deeper need and I forget what that was. But it's like, honestly, it didn't really matter. Like the whole point is it's like this, it's like a balletic, uh, you know, like it drew from like Wuxia and it drew from like these gangster movies and like, he kind of like mashed us all together. And I think he yeah. took a lot from, of inspiration from, there was this like five part series from 1964 called The Buddha's Palm, which is essentially the very similar plot to this one, uh, where it's like this guy who's getting no respect and uh, everybody's shitting on him, but then he learns this like crazy technique, the Buddha's palm, and now he's like number one, and which is, you know, it's a nice little fantasy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, it was very well represented. Uh, I think he has, in this movie, like, there's a very deep knowledge of some of the core uh, tenets of, like, wuxia and all these, like, things that inspired it, which are very, very Asian, which I quite like about that. Like, it wasn't, you know, like some white person took a mashup of Asian shit. This was, like, no, an Asian who truly understands the culture who, like, put this together. So... Yeah, well, very good. The interesting thing in terms of representation. So usually we're talking about Hollywood movies. So it's usually like you know how did Hollywood represent? And usually the answer is like they represented us terribly. But this one, yeah. because it's you know obviously an Asian production. Um, when we talk about representation, I'm going to take a, a bit of a a, a a different lens to it. In that this was a co-production between. Um, between Hong Kong and mainland China. And it's interesting because so so Stephen Chow is, is, is from Hong Kong. His movies were more Hong Kong-based. Um, but then um, because of the success of Shaolin Soccer, he did like this co-production. And this was filmed in Shanghai and used very traditional Chinese music. Um, and... It was, it was, it, it, I, I think it was kind of interesting because, you know, mainland China, Hong Kong, um, you know, you know, similar, but obviously very different cultures as well with, uh, you know, obviously the influence of, of, of the British. So um, I think in terms of representation, I think um, we've got to talk about like the representation of mainland China from a Hong Kong filmmaker and because this was um, a co-production. Um, I, I think they were able to bring in more of like mainland China um, mm. representation, even though nice. you know qu- quite a bit of the actors were were more on the Hong Kong side. I think it, it was funny because one of the things that really won over the mainland Chinese audience, from what I understand, was the music and how it honored mm-hmm. like mainland Chinese music, um, because. You know, I, I do think sometimes when it's like a Hong Kong filmmaker doing their interpretation of mainland China, sometimes it doesn't always go over as well. But because this was a co-production, mm-hmm. I think it was it was more accepted. Um, so, yeah, a, a bit of a different take on representation than than, than we usually do. Um, yeah, because it's so like, well, this white guy did a thing and yeah. there was Asian faces, <laughs> but it was a white guy who did this thing. But nah, this is nice. This is, a you know, it's a nice change. Yeah. refreshing hopefully it's uh we see more of it <laughs> well another part of representation too is so the whole complex called uh called called pigsty, pigsty alley, alley. It, it's yeah. funny because it, it was it was also similar to you know if if uh if people listening to this have watched the uh the recent um, live action Disney um, Mulan, you know, sort of mm. similar housing where we be sort of in this sort of, you know, unit. Um, you know, I think they've shown it in other films as well, like like the like the Ip Man series. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because with, with with Stephen Chow, he said that he actually based it more on modern apartment buildings in um uh modern apartment buildings in um in hong kong and how they're they're overcrowded oh look it's uh we we have our first comments we've got um Ooh. we've got uh 
Sci-Fi Delta, who from Twitch is saying, what is this? <laughs> so, <laughs> hi, Sai. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've watched the show before, but this is a podcast about, about uh, representation in cinema. And we've got Scott Inquirer from New York. Um, thank you. Oh, it's, nice. uh, it's Scout Inquirer from New York. Okay. Um, so, I'm curious, uh, for, for what is it, Sci-Fi Delta? What sci-Fi is it? Sci-Fi Delta... Yeah. So sci-fi delta with the question, what is it? Uh, I mean, on, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question either. We're trying to figure that out. Uh, but let me ask you this: How did you? Uh, how did you find us? <laughs> I'm very curious. They're like, what is this? How did I end up in this strange place on Twitch? You know, you know, it's funny, Leonard. I have no idea how Twitch works at all. I just clicked it and i was like sure add it to twitch so i do feel like we, we get some people from twitch sometimes who uh who check out our shows yeah. but uh He's you know like, we why are, are why are we not playing video games what's going on why are we just talking yeah. <laughs> i hopefully i hopefully i tagged us correctly on twitch as a talk show there's a there's a segment called podcasts and talk shows so hopefully oh, okay. i'm not felt false advertising on Twitch. But yes, wherever you're watching us from, um, we definitely um, appreciate you. And this is kind of nice that we're getting uh, comments on our first week back as a live show and from new people yeah. who didn't tune in and who, uh, watch who don't know what this is from, from before. <laughs> um, but you know what? We're, we, uh, we, we, we love yeah. having all. So yeah. What, uh, by the way, uh, what is this is uh, a classic <laughs> example of confusion. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, and uh, Scout Inquirer from New York says uh, that uh, they found us on YouTube under comedy. So there oh. you go. Thank you. Uh, thank nice. you, Scout Inquirer. That's, that means uh, uh, very generous of YouTube to categorize <laughs> us that way. Um. Okay. So back to uh, back to Kung Fu Hustle. It's yeah. it's hard to watch this movie without smiling. Like there was just times where I'm just yelling yeah. out. I'm just like, this is so stupid. But like in the best interpretation of the word stupid that you could possibly get like i was like <laughs> yeah. oh this is so stupid i love it like it's so it's, it is very stupid it's, it's incredibly stupid it's, but i like i love deliberate <laughs> like as a comedian like one of my favorite things in the world is just like deliberate stupidness <laughs> yeah yeah the funny thing is is that they actually had in like the thing with steven chow is he actually does add in like a character arc and basic yeah, story some, elements. Yeah. Very basic. Because um, <laughs> like I said, I can't even remember what the story arc was. I was like, I think he wants to be in the gang. And I don't remember what his underlying need was. I think. Well, you, I don't even, I honestly don't even remember. Like just to like self, self, like faith in himself. I don't. No, okay. So his character. It wasn't. I, I yeah. actually thought he had a strangely complex character. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was so complex. I didn't even understand what it was. Yeah, because, I was also like, what is this? Yeah, because like, <laughs> I would say like, you know, it, it's funny because this is like slapstick comedy. This would be like equivalent to like, you know, I don't know why this is coming to my brain, but like an American film like Zoolander. But yeah, like he, whereas... I feel like when America goes goes with um, slapstick comedy, they don't add in the heart some of the time. But this one, I actually think yeah. he adds Wait, in some heart. I didn't think heart. Zoolander had heart. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no? Come uh, on, the look on Ben Stiller's face when he couldn't pull the underwear out of his pants. <laughs> Come on, that was mm. that was such pathos. <laughs> so I don't much know. Heart. I don't know. Well, thing is, okay. So obviously, this movie is mostly about the comedy and the action. From what I understand, 
two-thirds of the actual filming was for the actual fight scenes. Even yeah, though, like, the... runtime, you know, it's it's not nearly two-thirds. It's just action. Um, yeah. The choreographer, by the way, was uh, Yun Wo Ping, who did uh, The Matrix. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a, a bit of a departure, uh, uh, you know, for him. Because his style is, um, you know, it's less beautiful <laughs> than, like, it's more beautiful normally. But this, this style is very... Uh, it's still very interesting. Yeah, and and just and just heads up to um, heads up to uh, to Disney and the people who made Shang Chi. Um, as Kung Fu Hustle has proven, there are Asian choreographers. You didn't have to find the <laughs> one white guy who um, was a choreographer for was it? I even forget for who was it for Jackie Chan or for Jackie Chan? Yeah, I was like, but to be fair, you will find does the like... one the one white guy. So this one shows there are Asian choreographers for Asian martial arts. Um, yeah, and it's Yun Wu Ping because basically yeah. he does every other goddamn film. <laughs> <laughs> like he did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He did The Matrix. He did Kill Bill. He did Forbidden Kingdom. He did True Legend. He did like yeah. the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, like he just he does all, all all of them. Yeah, for um so so Scout Inquirer says that this movie sounds very interesting. I will say Scout Inquirer, you need to watch this movie. This is one of those movies that went viral before viral was really a thing. Like when I say viral, this is like people handing each other VHS tapes or like yeah. CDRs. I have, a, I, have a, I have a bootleg DVD of this movie in my downstairs bathroom. I don't know why it's in my bathroom. Like it's <laughs> it's like a freaking like magazine or something sitting at the back of the, the toilet, but it's there. I think it's a cat peed on it oh. actually, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, this, uh. this, was, this was like the type of thing where like every Asian person I knew was being handed a copy and was like, you need to watch this shit. Like this blew up so hard um, yeah. just through word of mouth. Um, yeah, this was the uh, this was the my my sassy girlfriend or my what is what the, what that stupid movie? Yeah, my, my sassy girl. Yeah, this was uh, my sassy girl of um of uh, of Asian yeah. comedy kung fu movies. Yeah. So um, for those for those who are tuning in and, and didn't watch previous episodes, my sassy girl was a film that also went viral before viral was a thing in South Korea. Um, it's a ridiculous movie, similar to this. Uh, in fact, it's actually very uh, stupid. Um, but for me, not in an enjoyable way. I just thought it was stupid. Like this was, I you know, I think uh, Kung Fu also was stupid, but it was like, you know, I laughed. I thought it was funny. You know, yeah. like the the plot of you know, like there was a plot that made sense to me. My sassy girl made zero sense to me. Yeah, like so. So getting back to to like the character, the character development, which, like I said, he, 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 you probably don't even have to put in character development, but Stephen Chow, he no. still finds a way to put in the basic elements of story, even though you know a lazier filmmaker might not feel the need to um to adhere by uh, <laughs> yeah, by, like uh, Michael uh, Bay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, so as as far as uh, as as uh, as a character arc, I think his his protagonist um sing has a strangely complex character arc starting from when he was a child who wanted to save a girl but then yeah. you know got peed on literally got peed on he got beat up he got peed <laughs> oh on. oh people haven't seen oh you know no, here's another thing because normally we don't i mean normally we, we do spoilers oh and yeah stuff, spoiler but, alert but but no but like since we do have people in this chat who have not seen the movie clearly 
we don't want to let's 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 try to stay away from spoilers today just for just oh for no even though this movie came out in 2004 <laughs> okay okay uh, <laughs> I, I won't spoil it too much except for to say you know it's a complex character arc because he you know as a youth wants to be a hero then gets disgruntled and then for most of this movie wants to be a villain and then somehow gets back to what his childhood goal in life was and sees, you know, there is a righteous path, which, you know, going from yeah. hero villain to hero is actually more complex because when we meet him, we don't hear his childhood origin story. He just introduces this weird kind of evil side character. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, other than that, I just think it's really enjoyable. The action was really great, and I would highly recommend this. Um, what are what are your um, what are your final thoughts, Leonard? Uh, yeah, no, action was. Uh, I mean, it's it's not realistic by any no, sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really, you know, I enjoyed uh, the fact that like some of the 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 characters that you didn't expect to be martial arts masters were. Uh, that's like a nice joke. Um, I liked how the they all had like their differing styles, which again is, um, yeah. you know, thanks to Yun Wo Ping, who's just very very good at this thing, <laughs> and knows like you I mean similar to how in the Matrix, like he designed the fighting styles for like each of those characters, like for, um, Agent Smith because of the way you know the character who like the actor who played him, he was just like, well, this is the way he would fight, and he would like change. He changed yeah. the style. The same thing with Morpheus and, and Trinity and so forth. So he did that with these characters, and I think that was great. Great, like each had their own like martial yeah. arts language, which um, you know, if you if you're into martial arts, uh, it's sort of a thing yeah. that uh, you would appreciate. You know, the seeing like how they're speaking in their own sort of uh, kung fu dialect, I guess. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, like it's it's, it's a good movie. It's uh, it's fun. That's ultimately what it is. Like, so just yeah. go. Get super high if that's your thing, uh, you know. Get get on the couch, you know, and just and just watch this movie and laugh your face off because it's it's genuinely funny. Yeah, and I would say, you know, that final fight scene is definitely worth it. I won't spoil what it is, but you know, just you know, just the way they did they did the fight. It's just so funny. It's 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 so weird because you know, as we talked about, you know, there there are humorous. Um, kung fu movies like you know from um or martial arts movies like from jackie chan and such but this is like an extra level of silliness even beyond what jackie chan does because jackie chan does like Mm -hmm. very physical humor and this is physical too but with like really bizarro like special effects that makes it even even crazier um and you know this film is really is really appreciated for its music. I think that's why it got the the title Kung Fu Hustle in um in uh, in North America because it's basically is like kung fu but also like dancing <laughs> rhythmically yeah. at the same time. Um, some of these some of these fight scenes, so it's 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 pretty cool. Um, and and also I I do want to say um. Um, Stephen Chow has said that he is working on a sequel. Oh, wow. Um, not a direct sequel, but um, a modern day 
sequel taking place in um, in today's world. Um, so like a spiritual successor to Kung Fu Hustle. So he says that is one of his next projects. Although there was supposed to be an immediate follow-up after this came out because it's such a huge hit. But then, you know, Stephen Chow's busy. He had a ton of other projects to do. And he's, yeah. he's kept busy ever since then. Um, yeah, and he was 41 when this thing came out, right? Yeah. So it's like, he's got to be like close to 60 now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, that easy math, I don't even know why. I was like, his... <laughs> but, uh... uh yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely worth watching. Definitely worth, um, worth... Uh, it, even if you don't like, you know, kung fu movies or Asian movies in general, I'd say this is, like, a really good, like, starter kit to Hong Kong and Chinese cinema. It's, it's pretty universal. It is yeah. pretty darn universal as a film. Yeah. Um, and uh, okay, so that ends our review of Kung Fu Hustle, but we'll be right back after a short break with our second segment where we talk about a cultural topic plucked from the themes of the movie of the week. And this week's cultural topic is Asian gangs, both, uh, you know, how people view Asian gangs um, here here in Canada, local Asian gangs, and also um, how Asians in general view um, some of the more famous Asian gangs like the Triads and the and the uh, Yakuza and all of that jazz. So we will be right back to discuss that. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome back to the You Better Represent podcast and a live streaming <laughs> video show, um, whether you're on Twitch or YouTube or a bunch of other um, platforms that I see people are watching us on. Um, so this is our second segment where we discuss a cultural topic plucked from the themes of the movie of the week. And this week's movie of the week was the historically hilarious and awesome that you need to check out Kung Fu Hustle starring Stephen Chow. Um, but one of the main themes in the movie is different Asian gangs. The main Asian gang here is called the Axe Gang. Um, which shows, oh, which by the way, I don't know what it is about like Axe Gang, but that shows up in like Jackie Chan movies too. Um, like it's like a, it's a common thing like Axe Gangs, mm. which I think, I mean, and I probably should have researched this, but I feel like maybe Asian gangsters use axes a lot. <laughs> maybe you think like, like I, would I don't think know, more I, like I, knife gangs or you would think, but I know I, gangs. I mean, this is a crazy thing. I knew somebody who was kidnapped by a gang oh. uh, in Hong Kong, and he was hit by an axe. So, oh, um, yeah, during his escape. Oh, there you uh, go. Based on real yeah. life, apparently. Um, yep. That's that's. <laughs> Super crazy. I have been around Asian gangs, but have never been hit, hit with an axe before. Um, I, yeah. I grew up in Winnipeg, also known as the ghetto, which, the I, ghetto. which I do mention once in a while. <laughs> which, by the way, I have to go to Winnipeg next week for the comedy festival. I feel like I'm going to see a very different part of Winnipeg than the part that <laughs> you grew up in. The, I don't think I'm going to go to the ghetto. Like, based on everything that you told me about it, I'm like, no. Yeah, definitely. Doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a place where I'm going to find a good brunch. 
No, no, definitely do not go to the Asian ghetto of Winnipeg. For those who don't know, Winnipeg is the murder capital of Canada, the violent crimes yeah. capital of Canada. It's basically like the Detroit of Canada, which is funny because I have to give that reference to Canadians um, <laughs> who more get the reference of Detroit than they do of Winnipeg. Um, so, yeah. so yeah. The nice thing is when you get stabbed, there's at least universal health care. <laughs> Um, okay, we, we do have a, a comment from a random Rick review who says maybe I should have a kale smoothie, which is um, super random, but I do love <laughs> kale and I do love smoothies. So I nice. will I will try that. And yes, random Rick review, Canada does have ghettos. We um, not to, I live in Toronto now, which is one of I think the 50 safest metropolitan cities in the world. But Winnipeg was pretty rough like i said it was it is kind of the um the uh the the uh, detroit of of canada yeah. um except we didn't have a robocop because <laughs> we don't have that kind of budget <laughs> <laughs> um canada yeah, yeah definitely so um so we're gonna break down this topic in two um I'm not sure how much Leonard can help with the first topic. Very little. Um, I uh, did not grow up in the ghetto. I <laughs> I knew uh, very few gang members, uh, if any, that I was, yeah. So I think this is going to be the Vong show, and I will just uh Well, well you <laughs> know, you, you can kind of give the perspective of what, like, Asians, or, like, what Toronto thinks of Asians. Because it's very different than what the rest of Canada thinks of Asians. So first we'll talk about, like, local Asian gangs, and then we'll get into the more famous Asian gangs, like the yeah. Yakuza and the Chinese triad. Um, yeah. So, you know, talking about local gangs, so I grew up in a very rough neighborhood in the middle of like a three-way gang war. Um, and that was just three Asian gangs. Never mind. Worst three-way ever. <laughs> yeah, we had like two, two indigenous gangs. We had, you know, Winnipeg is also very famous. We've for the, um, we've got a pretty big branch of the, um, um, why can you not think of them? The, the, the Harley Davidson, Oh, the, um, uh, oh, Jesus. The, the, har- uh, ain't, 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 fuck. Uh, Hell's Angels. Does it, the, Hell's Angels. Yeah. Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels. Yes, yes. Winnipeg is yeah. a huge chapter of the Hell's Angels. <laughs> Although they, I'm sorry. I don't remember, you know, all these white gangs. <laughs> I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to represent Asian gangs here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so with the Asian gangs, it was crazy. What people don't understand is like, and especially people in Toronto don't understand because it's so safe here, but it's like, when I was walking down the street in Winnipeg, like, you had to be aware of everything. Like, uh, for instance, in Toronto, when I walk down any any street, I'll wear my AirPods, listen to music. That is not happening in the ghetto, people. Like, you yeah. need, like, you need, like, you this... Gotta- Spidey sense, yeah. almost like a ghetto sense. Like if somebody starts walking faster for some unknown reason, like you better be aware. Um, it's yeah. no no AirPods, no. definitely no noise canceling. You gotta like no. bare back your walks. No, like it's it's kind of funny because it it was weird because when I first started dating, um, it, it's a it's a weird um, aside here. But when I first started dating, I had to be like. 
I can only date people who've been like mugged or held at like <laughs> gunpoint because I feel like if you if you've never been through that, you have like this weird view of the world that like things are supposed to work out or like things. <laughs> so, you know, so hold on a second. You're like, like, I'm only gonna da- I'm only gonna date somebody as long as they understand that things just don't work out sometimes. Oh my god, yeah. If- <laughs> I want you to understand that, like. No, like if you date me. Yeah, things might not work out. No, but, but for there's real, no room for optimism uh, here. No, but you know, like, like, like for real, like, and we have, uh, we have, we have a scout inquirer saying um, that he's from an Italian family from New York, so he, uh, oh, he's definitely had to deal with go. the mafia. Well, they, they yeah. well, there, 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 you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so my, the only experience I had with the, the Italian mafia, which I actually have a, <laughs> a very brief one, but back when I went to to grade school. Uh, one of the the girls in my class, her father was an Italian mobster. Like, and oh. his uh, he, his brother went to jail for a murder that he committed. Um, and so then, uh, so it was like famous. It was like written about in books and shit like that. And that, so, and the, the thing that the only reason why this affected me is because I was not allowed to go to her birthday party and everybody else was. And my parents were like, no, it's mm. a mafia house. Like you can't <laughs> go to this girl's house because it's, owned by the mafia and i and i was again i was like who cares <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I definitely get what you're saying and yeah it's it's yeah it's it's kind of interesting i guess for me i took a different view because like in my neighborhood like you know like half my friends were in gangs so if mm. i if i avoided their houses i wouldn't have been able to go over to anybody's houses and you know like their parents are like involved in different things but um so so back back to the dating side honestly if somebody said to me you know everything happens for a reason like that's like a no like you're gone like i just i can't have that optimism of like that's not real life that's not everything real life. happens for a reason no sometimes yeah. people just get shot in the face and that's just yeah. how it goes there you go and it's kind of funny because when I first moved to Toronto and I was doing comedy, like I thought that Toronto was going to be such an easy audience for me because I, I started out my comedy career in Alberta where for the first 10 years of my career, I was the only non-white person and the only like non-straight person literally for the first 10 years of my career. So I was like, oh, this shit is going to be easy coming. Like if I can win those bitches over, I'm going to win over like the most diverse city in the world as Toronto likes to call itself. No, 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 no. Toronto, I got on stage and honestly, it took me two years before somebody told me this, but I'm doing like all this material about growing up in the ghetto and stuff. And in the rest of Canada, when they think of Asian, honestly they think of like Asian gangs because it's like front page news. Asian gangsters are like taking over like Winnipeg or Calgary, all that shit. But in Toronto, when I got up on stage, they didn't associate me with like gang violence and stuff. They were just like, why is this? Oh, why is this engineer so angry? Yeah. And honestly, (laughs) it it took me two years before somebody was like, you know, when a Torontonian thinks of an Asian, they're not thinking of, crime they're thinking of like you know some rich kid who cut them off on the street with their mercedes because their parents sent them to canada um those, uh, those were the asians i knew those are the asians i hung out with like after school i went to this like fairly i mean i had the very the exact opposite uh experience as vong <laughs> growing up like it was just 
you know, it was like 90210. I, I mean, I was the Andrea, like where I came in. I was like the poor kid who had to come in, like, you know, with, but I still had a car that I could drive in with. I mean, it was a Dodge, but it was still a car. Uh, but, then, uh, but I would hang out with like these rich kids after school and I would go to their, like, oh, and, but, but here's the thing. It's just like, it's not like the threat of violence doesn't still happen, right? Because I, I went to school with this kid whose dad owned a whole bunch of casinos in Macau. And he sent his kid to Canada so that he would be less at risk of being kidnapped. Um, because if you're rich, you get kidnapped for ransom. That's just what happens. That's what happened to my other friend who got kidnapped and got hit with an axe. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, so anyways, like I remember like one time after school, uh, like his chauffeur, and again, this says everything you need to know, chauffeur, picked us up <laughs> and he took my backpack and he goes to put it in the trunk and I look in the trunk and there's a fucking machine gun in the trunk. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Why is there a machine gun in the trunk? And it's because it's for protection, right? And then also, yeah. I'm like, why is it in the trunk? Like, if we need the machine gun, it shouldn't be in the goddamn trunk. Like, put it in the passenger seat, for fuck's sakes. Like, that's not going to help us. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I will say I have never opened up a trunk and saw a machine gun before. That's, yeah. that's, that's just, pretty just nuts. Just machetes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say uh, random Rick review says, according to the poll, 59% of Manitobans say Winnipeg is an unsafe place to live. And they also ask, what are Manitobans? So uh, Manitoba is the province in which Winnipeg resides, I guess. Um, I don't know where you're from, Random Rick, but um, if you're American, uh, a province is similar to a state. So um, yeah. the province of Manitoba um, and the which, city of Winnipeg. Yeah, which I think is right above Wisconsin? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, thank you. Yeah. Now, okay, so uh, you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, Macau. So maybe let's get into the second part of our segment, which is like famous Asian gangs. But before we get into the gangs themselves, of course, we have to mention Seichi Lop, who is known mm. as the most wanted man in the world. He was arrested, um, I think, earlier, I think at the start of this year. And um, he is basically, he basically was, or probably still is, the biggest drug kingpin in the world, operated yep. mainly um, in, in Asia and also in Australia, which is funny because he's actually like Chinese Canadian. Um, he's got a Canadian yeah. citizenship. And the 17, weird- $17 billion meth empire. There you go. He, he there made go. meth. He broke bad. He's an Asian who broke bad. I want to call him Shang Heisenberg. Can we do that? Can we make that a thing? That is definitely a thing now. Um, I, I, I might steal that. that. That's pretty amazing. But no, <laughs> the funny thing is he was able to, he's famous for basically becoming the druggist, the druggist, the, the druggist, he was the, the, druggist. Biggest, the biggest drug kingpin in the world due to like efficiency. Um, yeah. Because he just, like, used process engineering um, to to really grow his empire as opposed to the threat of violence. He Mm -hmm. used, you know, I don't don't even know what what he threatened people with other than being really good at um, having an efficient pipeline. He was like the Amazon of meth. (laughs) Basically, like, basically, like not even joking. He had like meth prime, 
the same day delivery. And just like Amazon, just definitely making the world a worse place. <laughs> and the funny thing is because he was, he made it big through like nonviolent means. And listen, I'm, I'm sure there were some violent crimes in there. So oh yeah. Come I, on. Like, there's like, no way, <laughs> there's no way you build a $17 billion mess on fire and nobody dies. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure not even talking about the customer's closet. Yeah, but literally. for the most part, you know, it was, I, I don't know, because he was so, like, beloved in in what he did for, like, these local economies, mm-hmm. um, it was, it took years, I guess, decades for Interpol and other people to catch him because, you know, local people kind of protected him because yes. they're That's like... How you gotta do. Right. Yeah. Because like when when you don't trust governments and you don't trust the police and then but then these guys like even though, yeah, they're drug kingpins, but they're actually doing good things for the community. Who, who are you going to like gravitate towards? Who are you going to protect? Yeah. And so, um, you know, that, that's a that's a great segment to the to 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 the uh, Yakuza um, mm-hmm. from Japan. Um, and a bit of a background, Yakuza actually means 893 um, in Japan, Yaku oh. and Za. And it actually... I did not know that. The first three numbers of my phone number are 893, and now I'm very... <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, but what it actually what it actually means, it's from a card game where if you get 893, um, it equals 20, which is the worst possible outcome. So Yakuza's, oh. Yakuza is a way of saying worst possible outcome. Um and uh, you know, you know, it's funny, kind of like, kind of like uh, Seichi Lope, and somewhat the the triad as well. Um, just the way that the yakuza are seen in Japan is really interesting. Like they're kind of seen as like, like semi legitimate. Um, yeah. All, you know, there's, you know, the government's actually backed off of like making it illegal to to join or, or do things with 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 uh, with the uh, yakuza, and um, as far as like being revered by the locals, the largest um, yakuza family is the Yamaguchi family. And um, they are yeah, based. Isn't, isn't there in like a, a, a figure skater named Yamaguchi, Christy Yamaguchi? Yeah, I love Christy Yamaguchi. Um, Is she like killing people with her skates? <laughs> Just, that girl. <laughs> I have never watched. Go pick. I've never watched another figure skater or any sport in my life where I think. I watched her for over a decade and that girl did not fall once. Like, I don't know what, what she's doing with herself. Like she did not fall doing those triples. It's I've never seen it in another figure skater, but anyway, so, uh, the Yamaguchi family, which makes up about a third of the overall, um, 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 Yakuza, um, they are based in, uh, Kobe, Japan, um, where, you know, they're also famous for, for their beef beef. as well. Um, but, Which um, what a way to go, by the way. Like, if I'm going to go out, I want to go out like a Kobe cow. You know what I mean? Just get massages, get fed beer, and then eaten by rich white people. Like, how? What a way, what a way to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, those cows are definitely treated well. They're, I think they get played um, symphony music um, oh. as well to uh, to help them taste better, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so with the Yamaguchi and the Yakuza, when there was an earthquake in in uh, Kobe, Japan, um, mm-hmm. they are so seen as legitimate that they were the ones, the Yakuza were the ones that provided local disaster relief for the citizens. Yeah. Um, 
And yep. they were seen as heroes because the Japanese government was so slow um, and so bad at disaster relief that mm-hmm. that's partially why um, the Japanese made um, Shin Godzilla um, a new movie yeah. to uh, basically uh, do social commentary about uh, bureaucracy and the ineffectiveness yeah. of their government. Yeah. Um, they did the same thing after the, uh, the um, Tohoku earthquake and the tsunami in 2011. Yeah, there you go. So uh, that's one way to win over the locals is to uh, literally provide. Uh, I mean, this this is like essentially like the blueprint for how one becomes a warlord. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like the straight up blueprint. It's like, well, the government's not doing their job and uh, we will do it better. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, kind of bringing it back um, to local gangs for, for a bit. It, it's kind of funny because because I grew up in that environment, you sort of see gangs a little bit differently. And I think when I used to talk to people about it, in fact, I'll just say outside of Winnipeg, I'm much more of a closed person because I just I, I just doesn't seem like people will understand. You know, like, like I said, like just the whole concept of like everything happens for a reason, all like this crazy optimism and such. It just doesn't feel like people understand. But he pray love. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like the recent rise of awareness and police brutality might give people a little bit more. Um, understanding of why gangs would be accepted, like say in my neighborhood, like say half my friends were were in gangs. Um, yeah. Because when when you grow up in the neighborhood, you're you're not calling the police ever, like yeah. because they're not there to help you. They're not going to respond to your neighborhood. They're going to come to your neighborhood and maybe quote unquote accidentally shoot your friends, um, even if you're the <laughs> ones who, who called them. Um, so you, you can kind of see why people would join gangs for 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 protection. Not saying it's a great yeah. thing. Clearly, I chose not to. So it's not yeah. like you're there's no other option. But yeah. you do get a bit more of an understanding why people um, lead a life of crime and well, why. Um, yeah. You well, know. it comes down to who do you trust? Who do you trust, and yeah. where do you, and then and also like a big part of it is is belonging, right? Because you just yeah. need to and safety for for <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I kind of took advantage of it without having to join gangs because in my neighborhood you don't beat up a random Asian kid because you don't know yeah. if his brother is a part of one of these gangs. So I kind of uh, got like the benefit uh, of the protection. Uh, how things have changed it. since the pandemic began. Oh. <laughs> how things have changed. <laughs> that is true. You know, I would, I would imagine though in, in Winnipeg, people still didn't randomly be like, even in the pandemic, I would think the numbers are lower. Probably. Um, They're like, oh, they gave us, I mean, but maybe not. Maybe maybe we're just being quick to judge. <laughs> and well, I'm not know, saying that because of the machete. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is it's like, I feel like part of the reason why I, I can't date people. Like, here's the thing with, with dating people and their mentality and why I say I would only date somebody who's been mugged or who understands <laughs> that. It's like that Beyonce song. I know. will only date victims. <laughs> Not because what you're saying. People who understand, like that that Destiny's Child song, Soldier. Like I need a soldier. Like I need somebody who knows. Right. Like because it's you just yeah. to. And when, do you want? Wait, hold on. You want a soldier, or do you want their privates? <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I will. I will take it all. Um, but I don't know. It's like if if you don't come from that, it's just really hard to relate to somebody who yeah. who does it's just i don't know it's like you know like you know even 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 talking about my friends and being like oh you know here's here's 
I, I'm going to go visit yeah. my friend in jail because he murdered an 80-year-old woman, even though he didn't have to. He could have just mugged her. <laughs> and, oh, here's my other friends who stole a wheelchair from an amputee for some reason, and now they're in jail. And it's just like, you know what? It's, why are your it's friends kind of victimizing <laughs> such, you know, like, <laughs> why do they pick harder I mean, your friends lack <laughs> ambition. It's like you just go after an 80-year-old and the people in the wheelchairs. I mean, come on, well, man. Like Those are the worst examples, yes. Be, I would hope I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to the extreme. <laughs> those are the two that is talking about bringing shame to our ancestors. Those, yeah. Those crimes definitely brought shame to our, to our, not just our ancestors, but our, like, our current community. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. It's... They are viewed in a different way. Maybe I know before we were talking about the the mafia and and such. I feel like it may, it probably is a bit similar to the way um, maybe Italian families view view the mafia a little bit. And even in popular culture, um, they are revered a little bit. Like, hello, one of the best selling video games. I think they're on like their eighth sequel is uh, Yakuza. Yakuza. Yeah, um, that's a, that's an amazing game. People love it. Um, there's even spin offs of it. Um, yeah. and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's seen a little bit differently. And I, I, hopefully with the police brutality stuff, people will start to understand why, um, locals would support these gangs over yeah. their own government. Not that I'm agreeing with it, but yeah. do I understand right. it? Yeah. So, um, so ultimately it's like, Hey, governments do better. Hey, police do better. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> because if you don't, we got gangs. <laughs> um, you, you just, just as an aside, um, you know, so when, 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 when going back to the, the weird dating thing, I'm trying to make it like relatable for, for the people who are, who are watching um, yeah. or listening. So it's like, I would ask people like, have you been mugged? And like, if somebody wants to date you enough, they might like, just like pretend Why? That Have they're they like, mugged? you know, <laughs> legit when they're not. So the test I would always give, and I've this works on a date, take them for chicken wings. That is how you can tell somebody is legit or not. If they're just like, you know, fake ass or they actually have lived the life. Wait, okay. Chicken wings, I well, promise yeah, you. Yeah, tell me, like how... Yeah. Listen. What what is what how how are you using chicken wings as your litmus test for whether or not somebody's dating material? Somebody from the ghetto who grew up poor, you cannot fake this. They will eat every shred. Like a, a Leonard, next time you, you, you we go out for chicken wings, you'll see like there is not a tendon, there is not nothing left on that bone. Even 25 cent chicken wings, there is nothing left on these bones. But when you date somebody who didn't grow up poor, it's like, to me, it reminds me of the, like that TV show, like Rocket Robin Hood, where like little space, little John takes one bite and throws it over his shoulder. Like I've been on dates with people where it's like, oh my God, the worst, the worst chicken wing story was this one guy asked for like, he asked for a fork and knife because he said he doesn't like to touch his food. Oh God. And well, I was okay, like, well, okay, you no, should, you're out. I mean, that's not even, I mean, you should break up with them for that reason alone. Like, that's insanity. But, you know, if you want to find out if somebody is actually legit or just a fake ass, take chicken them to wings. chicken wings. I tell, they, privileged people cannot, they cannot bring themselves to eat all the meat off of a chicken wing. Why? They, they just, you're supposed, I mean, honestly, I don't even think, like, isn't that just like an Asian thing? You just eat every, everything? 
No, no, no. I don't even know if it's like a get. Is it? Is it like a specific ghetto thing? Because I know, like, I grew up and I was, and I was like, no, you have to eat everything that's yeah. in front of you. Everything. Toronto like, Asians do not eat all the meat on a chicken wing. Brutal. I'll tell. I mean, Nick, I, I, yeah. I really pay honestly, Leonard. This yeah. is so weird. But really pay attention. Yeah. Like you will start to see. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, the chicken wing never lies. The chicken okay. wing never lies. Okay. Um, well, what if what if you're dating a vegan? Then what? We just I, wouldn't do I that. I would never you? date a vegan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, right. I'm sorry. That was such a stupid thing real. for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, scouting this motherfucker fire. can't afford meat. Fuck you. <laughs> um, scouting. I'm gonna lose our vegan fans. Actually, I'm still in trouble from like the Toronto lesbian community because I make a joke about Buddha's veggie restaurant. Um, because. I think it's ridiculous that Buddha is being used as a symbol to sell vegetarianism where clearly he's not vegetarian. Like, yeah, he, he's, like, he's got a rib belly. Yeah, just look at Buddha. He's not a vegetarian, people. Yeah. Like, stop. Yeah. Stop it. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah. so I just want to say um, Scout Inquirer, who is from an Italian family from New York, mentioned pizza. So maybe... Uh, yeah, there you go. Maybe pizza is the uh, is the chicken wing test of of, of 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 Italians. Of if somebody brings out a knife and fork, um, they say bye bye. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I wouldn't date somebody who uh, eats who eats pizza with you know you know who eats pizza with a knife and fork. French Ooh. people go to Montreal. Oh. Well, I enough said. It's, so <laughs> there's like this really, po- I, I swear, now I'm losing the no, vegans I know, and I'm losing I know, the I know, I know they do that. I know they do that. I've, I lived in Montreal for like a few years. They, they yeah. definitely do that. Because there's this like really popular pizza in Montreal and probably Paris as well, where I call it soggy pizza, where mm-hmm. it's like, it's this thin pizza that's really wet. So mm-hmm. you literally, you can't even pick it up because it's so wet. And anyway, I didn't, there's a huge lineup around the block, but my friends still wanted to eat it and they did. It was terrible. So, uh, <laughs> I, I would not date somebody who ate pizza with it, with, um, with a knife and fork either, just like chicken wings. But anyway, I feel like we sort of jumped off, the, jumped Love off it. the deep end. So let's, let's get back to the final Chinese yeah. game. Well, obviously there's a ton of Chinese gangs, but well, I do want to talk with the, the only, triad. the only Chinese gang that matters is the Yang gang. Let me let's be honest. <laughs> Oh, Andrew Yang, yes. Um, but uh, um, he could have been—he could have been Scout and Choir's mayor. Oh, he I wasn't even tell, close. Wasn't even I will, close, but he could have been. <laughs> I will tell you, Andrew Yang would not pass the chicken wing test. Like oh. I, anyway, I'm I'm glad he's 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 got. You know, he ran for mayor and for president and such. We do need more Asian representation, but um, he definitely does not come off to me as somebody who. Um, who is uh, legit and lived the life. <laughs> I feel like he lived a, a different life. Um, so um, just going back to the other super famous Asian gang, of course, the triads. Now the triads, I will, the reason why I want to bring them up is they, it's a little bit different um, than the Yakuza, which is like, you know, an organized group in a very specific geographical region um, within Japan. Triad is almost used interchangeably for the word gang um, sometimes. And they represent like the Hong Kong triad is not the same organization as like the mainland Chinese triad. And that's not the same as the um, Macau triad or the Taiwanese triad. Like 
these are all completely separate gangs. Like they, it's not like satellites of the same gang. Mm-hmm. They are actually separate. So that's one thing I want to say. Um, triad, um, from what I understand, means the union of heaven, earth, and humanity. Sense okay. um, the triads, the three things. Yeah, and uh, in Hong Kong, um, at least, the triad are now mostly doing white-collar crime. So, oh, um, that's nice. You know. or, as we call them, yellow-collar. <laughs> Got to represent, uh, you know? <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, I'm I'm all I'm all about the I'm all about the yellow. Um, yeah. Can we say? Can this one thing that happened? Uh, my so a friend of mine, like his dad, is like a big real estate developer, uh, in in Toronto, and like, um, so this is uh, I guess he was downtown and like he dropped his wallet or something, and then I guess like uh, or somebody pickpocketed him. I think like a triad guy, and I guess the triad guy like went back to his boss and was like, "Look, I got this thing." And then the guy, the triad boss was like, he looked at who's. Uh, like whose uh, wallet it was, and he was like, "What? You know who this is?" Like, poof, slaps the guy, and then like I guess like six like Mercedes limos like drive up to like his house one day, and like they return the wallet. They're like, "So sorry, so sorry." Oh my goodness! <laughs> so you know, I was just like, "What the fuck is my friend's dad into?" <laughs> wow, but, you know, I mean, yeah, that that. I can't say that's ever happened happened to me with one of my friends' parents, but uh, wow. Yeah. That does, that makes me curious enough to think about it, but not curious enough to look into it because that's where, um, that's where things go wrong. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely where things go wrong. Definitely don't want to be sneaking around that too much. Think about it. Don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Well, that, uh, that ends our, um, our discussion of Asian gangs in our episode for this week. I want to thank, um, I want to thank Leonard Chan, of course, for making time to be on this podcast. And I want to thank our listeners. And for the first time, we can thank our live viewers, um, Scout Inquirer, Random Rick Review, and um, somebody else who uh, was around. Sci-Fi oh, Delta. Sci-Fi yes, Delta. Yes, yes. Sci-Fi um, Delta. And uh, those are just the people who commented, but we had a whole bunch of other viewers. So this was our first time going live in like six months. So uh, we didn't know if anybody would still want to talk to us, but thank yeah. you for uh, thank you for sticking around. We'll be back next week with another review and cultural topic um and i'm uh, I'm gonna go have a kill smoothie oh there you go there you go i will also actually no let's be real i'm not i'm not i'm not getting a kill i've grown i've grown so much kale in my backyard (laughs) so that's the kind of asian i am the kind that married a white woman oh No comment. No comment. No, I'm very hypocritical. I am dating a white guy at the moment, but I, I, it's a lot of my material is from before I dated him. So it's, it's a little bit difficult because, um, it's, uh, anyway, it's not great for my street cred. I'll I'll put it that way. Um, but let's end there before I get myself in more trouble because I think he is probably listening in right now. Um, and he is from Montreal as well. So he'd probably be mad at me about my comments about the way that he eats, uh, his pizza. But okay, uh, this is getting off the rails, but, um, we will be back next week with, um, with another movie review where we are holding Hollywood and other 
parts cinema to account to have better representation. And nice. this is Vong signing off for You Better Represent. Um, and that's what's up. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.